Welcome to the world's premier Black Crows podcast. State of America. Hosted by two of the band's most dedicated fans, David Hudson and Ian Rice. And now, let's get the show on the road. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the State of America podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ian Rice, and with me, as always, Mr. David Hudson. David, how are you doing, sir? I wouldn't have it any other way, Ian. <laughs> oh, you you smooth talker, you. I try. David's trying to hold his head up. Uh, it's been a, quite a busy few days for, for you, hasn't it? Being in healthcare is not the best thing in the world right now, to put it to you that way. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine it was. And uh, up here in my neck of the woods, they're preparing for a major snow blast this evening into tomorrow. And I uh, was just outside before, and you can definitely tell something is afoot at the Circle K. You can, uh, <laughs> you can feel it in the air. So that's going to be fun tomorrow. I think it would be. Well, if you didn't have anything to do or anywhere to go. Yeah, that's true. Or if my... You know, if I was still physically equipped to go sledding or something, but those days are long gone. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, the big news we have to, to start off, finally, finally, after actually several months now of, you know, back and forth and making adjustments and figuring it all out, we're going to be launching our Patreon page. Isn't that right, David? That's right. When uh, this episode drops, it will be live. And this is something that we have really put a lot of time, effort, creativity into like i said the the podcast is always going to be free we hope to never have to have ads on it but we spend a lot of money on giveaways we gave away eight shirts last week we've given away numerous vinyls in the past week and that honestly gets expensive and we decided kind of the best way to remedy that would be to have a patreon page and so if those of you are unfamiliar with that you basically go and pay a certain amount of money per month and then we provide you with with bonus content and we went kind of went about it several ways of what should be perks as they call them we uh kind of settled on on some general ones and we'll add some all right so here we go we here's what we're going to offer and it's ten dollars a month you're going to get a bonus episode every month and when this comes out the, the first bonus episode will already be there Here's the deal. We may do more than one a month, uh, but we're promising you at least one. Number two, monthly live chat via Zoom. Like we said, we're promising just one, likely more than that. A lot of times it'll just be with me and Ian. You guys, we can all talk. We did this a ton during the uh, pandemic and really, really enjoyed it and got to know a lot of people. And that's one of the things we want to do. We want to get to know all of you, kind of build a community. I will tell you this, we have a special guest lined up for, for the, it's either the first or the second Zoom. I've got to get with this person and iron it all out, but they volunteered and said they wanted to be the first guest and it's a member of the Classic Era Black Crows. So we'll just leave it at that. Not probably not going to tell anybody who it is when you get on the Zoom chat. There they'll be, but it's somebody you're going to be interested in talking to and it's from the classic lineup of the Black Crows. And so we'll get on there sometimes and, and have contests. We'll maybe we'll do trivia with you guys on the Zoom hangs. We really want you guys to have a, a kind of a way to us. Tell us things you want us to do, cover things to make the Patreon better. You're going to get an exclusive Patreon member sticker that nobody else has got. 
you're going to get 20% off any State of America merchandise when available in the future. And here's the big thing. You're going to get Patreon-exclusive giveaways. We already have two ready to go that we'll randomly ship out to some of you guys. We're gonna, you're going to have an opportunity to be a guest on the Big Pod or maybe a bonus episode, but we're going to try to come up with a way to fairly select you guys to come on and be on the, one of our podcasts. We're also going to give you an on-air shout-out uh, when we do our next episode. And so to clear things up, the majority of this money is going to go into a fund for the podcast. The purpose of this mainly is to build up a war chest. We want to start giving away concert tickets. We want to start giving away rare vinyl that we find, uh, rare items. And these things, you know, they're expensive to get. And they're expensive to ship. We just gave away eight shirts on Twitter. Everybody that knows us knows that we're in this for the right reason. That's to spread the love of the music. And the more money we have, the more money we'll be able to do that. Uh, we may just randomly pick a Patreon and tell them, hey, we're sending you something, not tell them what it is. Ian just today sent out two probably one-of-a-kind vinyls to a past podcast guest that they're going to love. And so that's what we want to do with it. We want to make money so we can spend more money on you guys. And this is the way we do it. Now, we also want to know, have we done something bad or is it not good enough? You're For all intents and purposes, you're our customer. So let us know what you don't like, what you do like, and we'll try to work on that. We asked, you know, anytime you start something like this, there's going to be a hiccup the first month. So we just ask you to bear with us. So, Ian, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I just ask everybody to uh, to bear in mind that it is a, uh, a kind of work in progress thing in as much as, you know, if you have ideas to share with us and, and we can something we can add to it or if, you know, we see that there's things we need to do more of or do less of or, you know, and uh, the perks will constantly be changing. Uh, you know, the basic ones – to start with will always be there, but we will be adding and, and taking away, uh, you know, as, as it goes on. And as David mentioned, you know, this is really just to, uh, kick things into a higher gear with the podcast in terms of being able to do the giveaways and, and fun things like that, that we've come to really enjoy doing. We're going to have stuff that's going to be exclusive to you guys. That's going to be, uh, very cool for that. We're going to be getting from, some famous people. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go more. I've had a long day, everybody. I do apologize. But anyway, like I said, the the way to get to it is go to Patreon. It's a uh, www.patreon.com forward slash State of America. You'll be able to sign in there. Like we said, it's ten dollars a month, and it means we're gonna get to know a lot of you a lot better. For instance, there's a whole bunch of us going to Nashville in March to hang out and go see Trigger Hippie. Maybe you get on the Zoom hang and say, hey, I like hanging out with these guys, and you, you come on down to Nashville. So it, it's it's something we're really looking forward to. We think the people that are in it and the people that listen to our regular pop, podcast are going to benefit greatly from the things we're going to be able to give away. And we do just want to mention also that, you know, if it's uh, if it's if if you decide it's something that's not for you and you, and you don't want to participate or you join and then you you know, you want to leave after that. There's no commitment. Nothing will yeah. change. This podcast will always be free and available to you as it has been since day one. And and we have really picked up a lot of momentum lately with downloads and with, with people we've gotten to know. So we're going to make it fun. So uh, I'm going to pin that on our Twitter. Ian can pin it on our Facebook page and I'll put something up on Instagram. But other than that, it looks like the boys were in the studio doing something, Ian. 
Yes, uh, some kind of recording is happening there with the lineup that was on tour this past summer. Some people say studio record. Uh, there also have been whispers of potentially that it was uh, some kind of covers EP kind of thing, but no official word yet on exactly what they were recording. But it's just encouraging to see them in the studio. Sunset Sound, I believe they were at. Yeah, kind of a famous place. Yeah, yeah. You know. I, I, I'm excited about it, I, and I am glad they're at least sticking with the people that we're on the tour because there's they've got better chemistry now yeah in fact the, the few photos that did surface online uh you saw everybody except rich oddly but uh maybe he was taking the photos who knows right so we're looking forward to that that's a big that's something i don't know if we'd ever think would happen five or six years ago so we'll wait patiently for that i think that's all of the housekeeping other than uh introducing our guests this weekend yeah, and uh, something I'm very, very uh, excited about, and I know you were as well. We were guests on these gentlemen's podcast. It's called the Perfect Album Side Podcast. Really, really great podcast in which they have a set of criteria and a topic, and they kind of formulate what they think uh, each of them individually thinks is the perfect side of an album based on the criteria. And then they put their heads together at the end to form the final perfect album side and uh we'd like to be in on there so much that we invited these gentlemen on here to uh basically uh steal their format and do their thing <laughs> on our podcast but we did a black crows themed one and that's uh steve and Wyndham, wonderful guys real pleasure having them on I, I i know i enjoyed myself i'm sure you did as well david i did they're super cool guys great podcast it's very interesting and they are massive black crows fans steve uh, Steve wound up getting his driver's license with Rich Robinson. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting Steve, story. Steve was one of those people that um, got to fly out to the Fillmore when they won that contest and went to like five shows and five nights. So he has some he has some good stories and he really seems to uh, to enjoy the Crows and because of that he was a great guest and we're going to have them on again. But this was not easy. It was definitely not easy. Also, a little fun fact about Steve: uh, he was actually the first person to send us a photo. Of, of himself wearing the State of America podcast t-shirt. He was the first person to send that back in after we did that initial run of shirts last year. So good to have him, uh, have them on. And like I said, we're going to be on theirs again, I would think. And then they're for sure coming back on ours. I think coming up after this next week, we have our Pro Jam podcast that we recorded last night, which was an absolute joy to do. Those guys, uh, Jason and Paul, two Really awesome guys know know a lot about Pearl Jam. Uh, we 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 had an interesting discussion in where we kind of draw a lot of parallels between Black Crows and Pearl Jam, and surprisingly, um, there are many. So that was a real fun discussion, and we're looking forward to uh, sending that episode out to you guys soon as well. Ian, I think that about covers all the bases. Join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash State of America if you feel so inclined. Yes, we would greatly appreciate it. It would mean a great deal to us. Like we said, though. You know, if it's not your thing or, or you're not sure yet, totally understand. And uh, either way, David and Ian will always love you. Okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> Much like the CRB. That's right. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing uh, nothing more to cover, really. And we'll just get on with our wonderful, wonderful episode with uh, Stephen Wyndham from the Perfect Album Sites Podcast. We'll see you next time, everybody. <laughs> All right, David. Well, we have two very special guests joining us today. 
we were guests very recently on these gentlemen's program, the Perfect Album Side podcast, and we are very pleased to welcome Steve and Wyndham. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Magnificent. And you, sir? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Pleasure to have you here. Very happy yeah. to be here. Thanks for having us. We had a we had a blast on, on your podcast. It was a lot of fun. I was telling Ian when we got off of it, that was one of the more enjoyable podcasts I've ever done, you know, since I've been doing it for the, in the last four years. I think the concept that you guys have is completely unique. I like how every week it, it's it's so random that it doesn't stick with just one genre, which is me. I, I listen to everything. Yeah. So uh, why don't you tell people, though, real quick, where they can find the podcast and a little bit exactly of what, how, what it's about. Yeah, uh, the Perfect Album Side podcast. You know, it's on all the big, you know, Apple podcasts and every, everywhere else you can find it. Uh, the podcast is all about, you know, William and I have been friends for many years and, you know, we kept going to you know, happy hour on Fridays and, you know, having some drinks and talking about, you know, our favorite things, music. And, and, uh, we kind of just started doing, creating the perfect album side for each other. Like, Oh, okay. You're a big fan of this band. Well, give me their six, six songs that represent them the best. And I'll do the same for whatever band. And, you know, we'll come together. And from there, we'll, we'll narrow it down from those 12 songs down to the six that we think would make up the perfect album side of a specific band or a genre or some idea that we came up with. And so we always say, you know, one idea, six songs, infinite possibilities. And one day we thought, hey, wouldn't it be fun to just record this, see if anybody else likes it? And, you know, what do you know? Now we're a year into a podcast. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yes. No, it's it's unbelievably good. I mean, I've listened to Thank every you. episode, really enjoy it. And uh, Thank I you. mean, really, this episode, you joining us, we're pretty much stealing your concept and you know, <laughs> kind of run with it, you know? F- Feel free to steal away. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> it's not really stealing if they're a part of it. It's a, it's a, it's a homage. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're glad to be a part of it. Thank you for having us. We really enjoyed having you guys on the perfect album side. That was a lot of fun, uh, a great episode. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming again. And we're, we're super happy to be here. Well, we're returning the favor on the, uh, how hard it was to put this list together with the rules that you gave us. We gave you the same rules that, uh, that we had on your podcast, which can make thing make you want to pull your hair out. Uh, I don't have any hair, but if I did, you're right. Uh, it was difficult. Yours were very difficult, David. I got to tell you, and I know, I know what we threw at you guys about a month ago wasn't easy, but boy, you came back with a vengeance with some of the criteria and parameters for for this perfect album side. But it was a challenge, but it was a lot of fun to put together, and uh, we're looking forward to getting into it, putting our sleeves up. Yeah, what we're going to do essentially is we're going to do our perfect album side of black crows universe solo material david if you want to uh, run down the criteria we set yeah so ian and i had to come up with one list these guys had to come up with one list and then we're each going to discuss it and at the end we're going to put together the ultimate album side excuse me the perfect album the perfect album side of black crows side projects he's hurting the brand already a little a little bit of a caveat the North Mississippi All-Stars are not a side project because the band was started before Luther Dickinson joined. So we all love the North Mississippi All-Stars. No slight to them, but they're technically not a side project. All right. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six categories. The first one is opening song. Gentlemen, what is your favorite opening song by a Black Crow side project? 
you know, we played around with this. Obviously, there's a lot of options. Should we talk about, you know, the side projects that are in play here? Obviously, you you know, you have Chris Robinson solo stuff, the CRB, the Magpie Salute, Trigger Hippie, Rich Robinson, Mark Ford, all that solo stuff. You know, we gave all of them a, a listen, and we, we really played around with 40 Days by Chris and New Earth Mud. Safe in the Arms of Love got some attention. Omission got some attention. But at the end of the day, for us, I mean, first song, side one, Mark Ford's debut, Hell or High Water, made our perfect album side of best opening tracks on an album, Hell or High Water by Mark Ford. That, that is a uh, that is a barn burner of a song. Uh, his first album is my favorite album. It's one of my favorite songs on there, and it is our favorite opening song. No, it's no not. Kidding. Of yes. a Black Crow yes. side yes. project. Holy shit! Well, if you listen to the Perfect Album Side podcast, one of the things you'll always hear Steve and I talk about is overlap. And will any of our songs on the Perfect Album Side overlap? And lo and behold, right out of the gate. Instant overlap. That's awesome. That's we always give an over under. How many songs will we have that overlap? And for this perfect album side of Black Crow's side projects, you know, after we put ours together, I'm like, they're not going to have a single one of these, and we're not going to. I thought it was going to be zero crossover. Yeah, me too. And right out of the gate, Hell or High Water. Absolutely. What an Look amazing tune. Look at that. That's fantastic. I mean, yes, it, it. It. There were a lot of fantastic opening tunes to choose from like you mentioned 40 days by new earth mud i mean that's a, that's a fantastic opener but yeah david and i really thought that hell or high water was the was the high water mark so oh, look what you did there that's beautiful to me I, it's, it it kind of showcases it's his first album it showcases who mark ford is it's a restrained playing but it's you know it's not a lot of notes but it's it's really good playing and it just has like a cool kind of almost sound like you would hear at a, a, a band at a bar it's kind of loose fun uh, it's got great slide guitar on it yeah. and um one of my like i said one of my favorite mark ford songs from my favorite mark ford album and it's uh, also it, uh, a carryover from the federale project that mark ford did with uh, luther russell that was uh, about to be on interscope records and release an album and then the uh, upper management at Interscope changed and that all went away. So some of those songs translated over to his first solo album. And I didn't Hell know that. Water. Yes. Uh, I, I love the use of the horns. I mean, he went full full on with the horns and a, a really good, well-placed tambourine there. You know, Mark sounds great on vocals on that song too. And he brings in the backup singers and, the, you know, they, they sound tremendous. You know, one of the things that Wyndham and I talked about was it reminded us of uh, the stones, first of all, it's, there's a little bit of Keith there. 
It also reminded me a little bit of Izzy Stradlin and the Juju Hounds first record or only record, I guess. Um, and it should. <laughs> yeah. And I thought about that too. Like, you know, the, 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 uh, the relationship between Mark and Izzy and GNR and whatnot. But, uh, every time I listen to that song or that album, it makes me think of Izzy Stradlin and the Juju Hounds a little bit. Yeah. Well, Mark is secretly on the Izzy Stradlin and the Juju Hounds record. Uh, I'm sorry. Go on. He performs a yeah. uh, guitar on somebody, somebody knocking. knocking. He's wow. uncre- he's uncredited. He could not legally. He couldn't be on it because he had yeah. just joined the Crows. Now go oh back and listen to it, and you'll exactly. You just which, blew our minds. My <laughs> mind is blown. I didn't know that, but I, I knew that that Mark got tapped to replace Izzy in GNR mm-hmm. and turned it down to do the Crows. Uh, I did not know he played on that record. Now I cannot wait. As soon as we're done here, I have to go listen to that. And he he also broke the news, which made like blabbermouth or whatever when he was on our podcast. He got asked to join during Chinese Democracy recording as well. Man, and, wow. and nobody nobody knew that they share some of the same players on those albums. Craig Ross is all over this album, I believe. Craig Ross is on the Juju Hounds too, isn't he? Uh, Ian, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, and like Jimmy Ashurst and stuff like that. So yeah, a lot of crossover between the Guns and Roses camp and the uh, Black Crows camp. You know, Steve drummed with. Duff and Slash jammed with them for a while before Velvet Revolver started. And yeah, obviously Izzy's big buddies with at least friendly with them. And then, you know, there's the Jimmy Ashurst connection and stuff. So the, the, the GNR and um, the Crows have a lot of carryover. So I, I'm, I just can't believe I'm like floored that that just happened on our first pick. That, that is truly amazing to me. I, I honestly thought we would have zero crossover. I'm like, these guys, level th- their level of knowledge is way too deep for us. They are going to be pulling out random tracks that we don't know, and bam, hell or high water. Great song. See, we're all we're kindred spirits here. I think so. I think so. <laughs> all right. So the next uh, category on the perfect album side here would be the favorite overall song. Okay. Well, we, we, we talked a little bit of or Wyndham, I'll let you take this one if you want to. Yeah, we, we talked about a couple of different tunes uh, before we landed on the track that actually made our perfect album side. Uh, the first one we really kicked around was a song called Leave It Alone off Rich Robinson's record Paper. But it wasn't just that studio version that got our attention. It was also the Brothers of a Feather version with Chris Robinson that really got us excited. And, and we were going back and forth. You know, Steve said, hey, before we go any further, you got to listen to the Brothers of a Feather version. I did. It's absolutely filthy. I actually like the paper version uh, because of the bass leading the way. Sorry, I'm a little biased. I'm a bass player. So we looked at Leave It Alone. We also looked at the Giving Key off Ceaseless Light. Um, To me, that song had a little bit of a uh, sometimes salvation intro, that cadence uh, off Southern Harmony. I also like the live version from Woodstock Sessions. But... We ended up with Omission as our song, our second song on the perfect album side from Magpie Salute.
Love this song. Love the pre-chorus into the chorus. But Omission, we talked about it in the best opening song. It made our perfect album side for favorite song. It, it almost made our favorite opening song, but I was like, you know what? We can put it in the favorite spot and yeah. put Hell or High Water in the opener. Best of both worlds. Uh, yeah, I mean, Omission, it's 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 their first track. And I'll tell you one of the one of the reasons it had to make my perfect album side and Wyndham's was, you know, Ian, you too. I think I saw Hookah Brown back in 2003, I think it was, whatever, that, whatever year yep. it was. With, with John Hogan and they performed that song that night in the set list. So I've, I've known it for a long time and uh, this song kicks ass. I mean, I don't know what else there's to say. Omission. Definitely, definitely a great pick. It's actually from a time period where Rich was writing very riff heavy material. So, and that's one of his coolest riffs. I mean, still to this day, I think that's one of his greatest riffs. Omission. Just the, down and dirty sick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, that, that's and, all it is. And John Hogg's vocals on it are great. And Steve Gleason from the Americans has told us how hard it is to play. And uh, they, they play it and nail it. But that song almost went into a couple of our categories, but we had to be strategic because of the, you cannot repeat the album. Yeah. And so yeah, uh, <laughs> there has to be some strategy to this thing. And sometimes some songs wind up in categories that maybe weren't your first choice, but you had to save that, that album for something else. I, I really think this was a great single that they released off that live album that Steve's holding up right now. It really whet everybody's appetite and got everybody excited. I, I don't think people would as would have as been as excited about new material had they not heard that. Yeah. Well, and kind of like Hell or High Water to me, it's the first thing I really ever heard from that band. And for some reason, you know, maybe I'm a love at first sight guy, but I'm like, Oh my God, that's Mark Ford solo. Or, Oh my God, it's richest new band with Mark and Ed and Sven. Oh my God. It's the first thing I ever heard probably. And it's, I love it. Um, yeah. Now, are you guys uh, vinyl uh, appreciators? Yes. I'm becoming Addicts. that. Yeah. Because that, that Magpie salute sounds fantastic on vinyl. That first record. Very it's, cool. It's, it's, it's perfectly mixed. Mm. It really is the live, the, the live versions. Obviously, I know they were recorded at Woodstock, and that was, you know, almost like a recording studio. But that album is sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good. I, I've got a couple of friends that are huge Pink Floyd fans, and I was like, it's got Fearless on it. One of them went out and bought it just because it had Fearless, and he'd never even heard heard that heard their take on it. I thought it was great. They stuck away from. They didn't get into like the hits from the Crows. I guess Wiser Time technically may be a hit, but. The version of What is Home on there, I cannot stand the original version of What is Home, but the mm -hmm. one on the first Magpie album makes me really, really like that song a lot. But Omission is a great, great pick for this. Ian, tell them our pick. All right. Well, this was a hard one for us. Uh, you know, essentially it was like uh, picking your favorite child, really. But uh, we ultimately went with trigger hippie we wanted to represent steve gorman a little bit on this list because we were both very big fans of his uh his solo uh, project there and we picked a song from their second album full circle and then some called born to be blue So far gone, I laid here alone. 
This song is designed for jamming and it has that amazing long drawn out opening. Uh, I was actually watching it live today and then Amber's vocals on that, man, she takes it to, I takes it to another level. I thought the first trigger hippie album was good. I thought this one was so much better. I mean, I love Joan Osborne. I've seen her in concert. She's a great vocalist, but there's something about Amber singing and her vil- her ability to elevate when you think she's hit her highest register. And she does that on this. And I love how they jam it out. And it's completely different from most of the other tracks on the album, which I like that as well. Man, we thought about the giving key. We thought about Rosalie from CRB. I love the fact that you guys gave the giving key. You know, you considered that one also, because that one was pretty high up on our, our possibility list. Uh, I, I, I love that song. You know, Ceaseless Light is an underrated record, in my opinion. Thank you for saying that, because I've always felt that way. And David tries to publicly shame me for like David's wrong. Record. David's just straight up wrong. That's a good record. <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a really, really good album. Ian just has this like uh, obsession with it. And he uh, it's kind of like, you know, if you talk about somebody's mother, he gets all upset about it. <laughs> I do, because I need well, for the longest time, the album review episode that we did on that was our uh, least downloaded episode so i always got teasing for that but it, thankfully it surpassed that slightly so i'm out of that basement <laughs> but well, uh yeah I, you know i picked uh um a couple of magpie tunes you know when we were going over things i really like mother storm from high water too which i think is okay. a very good song it has a really great mark ford solo on it born to be blue is a it's a i think one of you already said it it's a little bit different from the rest of the record it, it's fantastic and you're right amber woodhouse just knocks it out of the park uh, I, I've been lucky enough to see them live a couple of times, uh, played here in Atlanta a few years back, uh, right after this record came out. And um, I, I completely fanboyed out because I was in the crowd and, you know, it was a pretty small crowd, uh, even here in Atlanta. <laughs> I look over at the guy next to me and he's got his hair pulled back in a ponytail and I'm like, oh, I'll be damned, Sven Pippian, how are you, man? <laughs> oh, nice, man. <laughs> so he was there to support his uh his friends and that was it was really cool i got to talk to him he was uh super nice super friendly but i'm sure he got annoyed because i would not leave him alone that night (laughs) listen sven pippian is probably the nicest human being to ever walk the earth so i'm sure he was fine well that ruins my chances of making that list (laughs) uh hey ian i'm going to tell you that i have just ordered the vinyl copy of magpie salute per your recommendation so thank you as we were speaking you did this it took me two seconds (laughs) it's it's Uh, it is so good that version of glad and sorry on there is is amazing i cannot wait it's supposed to be here on sunday and literally i cannot wait (laughs) one one of the things about the second trigger hippie album that i like it sounds like an actual band and not just like a group of people from another band obviously nobody's gonna you know question the talent of audley freed and jackie green and Joan Osborne, but man, this one, it just seems like a band. It seems like a collaborative effort. 
you have three different people that can sing so oftentimes in the same song and the way i understand when steve's done interviews this is a band for the long haul and they're all and, and nick in it the bass player i you hear steve talk about him like he's one of the most revered session players in all of nashville which you know speaks volumes and mm-hmm. um I, I just really thought this was more of a band album instead of a project well i mean i i agree with you it is more of a band album than the first one but i love the first album i mean i, I i'm using the word love it, it's I oh, it's, I, I, yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. Not, I think you not, said not it was all. bad. You said you don't like <laughs> Steve Gorman. You don't like him as a musician or a person. I was surprised to hear you say that before we got on the air. Hmm. So, yeah, no, I think the both. Steve both knows albums, that's not true. <laughs> uh, Trigger Hippie, both albums to me are, are phenomenal, but I, I do agree with you. I think Full Circle and then some probably gets the uh, the better album, which is good. They're getting better. And I'll tell you one more one more song that that we kind of tossed around and that Steve got tired of hearing me talk about because I was <laughs> obsessed with it is Tennessee Mud, which I think is just filthy good. And I, I've listened to it about a hundred times, but it gets better every time. But that's another song that kind of made our honorable mention list for that favorite song category on our perfect album side. That is that is definitely a great one, and I would have to agree with you wholeheartedly about that tune. But uh, the next song. In the perfect album side, this one actually is probably the category I'm most excited to hear your guys' take on because uh, something tells me we might have another overlap here. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, oh wow, the next category would be song that should have been a Black Crow song. Okay, um, this one was was there wasn't a whole lot of debate. I mean, we I we said this is it from the very beginning, yeah. and and it may come as a shock to you guys, but uh, send me an omen. It belongs absolutely on either Amorica or Three Snakes. I'm telling you, you put the guys from the Dirty Dozen in there doing their scatting throughout this song, and it's on side two of Three Snakes, One Charm. It's, it's a phenomenal song, but to me, uh, everything about it reminds me of Three Snakes, One Charm, uh, a little bit of uh, Halfway to Everywhere. I never would have put that on one of those albums since now that you said it, and it sounds perfect. I mean, go listen to Mark's guitar tone as he's playing through it. Uh, it, it sounds very uh, American. And then, you know, 
again, I can just hear the Dirty Dozen playing along with this and it being on Three Snakes. My favorite part about the song is the intro. It's only about two bars or whatever. I wish they would have drawn that part out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I think live, they could have extended that. This was the first single from the uh, first studio album, which I thought was a a great way to whet everybody's appetite. This is a great pick. Well, I tried to think of songs that, okay, you know, Chris is a phenomenal singer. So is John, but you know, where, where is Chris going to fit in? And, uh, you know, with the Magpie Salute, obviously you've got, you know, three or four members of the Black Crows there. They are similar bands, you know? So to me, it was, it was going to be something by, by Magpie. And that one was something I could see Chris just knocking out of the park. I, uh, wow. Mind, uh, mind blown on that one. I definitely, uh. (laughs) And you thought we were going to have the same song. I know we did. Well, yeah. Well, I'll get to why in a moment. Okay. uh, David, I think we might have to actually turn the reins over of this program now to uh, Stephen Wyndham because they really just blew my mind on that one. That's something I never would have put together. And it uh, it really works. Nice. I'm telling you, go listen to it now and just think of, you know, the Dirty Dozen with them. And it, it could go on Three Snakes. And I also think... Without the Dirty Dozen, you know, they're not there, but it, it could be on a Morica too. It would fit in well. Wyndham, what were some other songs that came close? We started to th- this particular topic, this particular category of the perfect outside. We we started with that one and kind of just let it put some depth behind it. You know, for me, it's, it's kind of the halting verse of this song where it, it's got that choppy verse song, but then the backup vocals kind of carry the chorus through that got my attention. But I agree with Steve, and I did when he when we first started talking about it. Three Snakes, Amorica, easily could have been put on there, but this was uh, this was a tune that we both agreed on instantly. And we didn't even have a lot of we didn't even have a lot of honorable mentions to me. We did. Was like, that was the one. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what yours is. Though. I cannot wait. Oh, drum roll, please. Well, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's actually a song that you guys mentioned speaking just before, so that's why I thought maybe we might have a crossover, but. Uh, David and I selected Rich Robinson's uh, The Giving Key from the Ceaseless Side album. I think this is possibly one of the best songs he's ever written, mm. whether it's in the crows or solo, the vocals on this, and especially like the, the little touch that the backup singers add to it. Uh, I really like, I thought you're spot on. It's got some similarities to sometimes salvation. I just think Chris would kill this one. And, and it just, it could have been our favorite song as well, but 
like we said, you have to get into the whole balancing act of one song per album. And we're both big fans of Trigger, Trigger Hippie. And so we wanted a Trigger Hippie song represented as well. But man, this one is just, it's a banger top to bottom. Absolutely. And I think, you know, obviously we all love Rich Robinson's, Rich Robinson's guitar playing. We're, we're Black Rose fans. And we most of us probably all love Chris's voice. They come together really well, and I agree with you. The Giving Key is probably my favorite Rich Robinson solo effort ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you combine that, you throw Chris on there, you get yourself a damn good song. No, I, I, with I, with I, Rich I, singing the little backup part that the girls are singing in harmony. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I, I think that. he would. I think it would sound great. Well, I think that you know the the Brothers of a Feather, you know, doing uh, Leave It Alone is is a good example of of how, yeah. how well that could work together. Yeah, I remember at the time uh, seeing those Brothers of a Feather show, how excited I was that some of their individual solo material was being done by the both of them together. It really was, that was like thrilling for me as a fan. That was the last concert that I I saw pre-COVID was there was a show uh, in Terminal West here in Atlanta, which was just Chris and Rich playing. And this is February, 2020. Mm. And Chris walks out on stage. He's like, by the way, he's like, tonight's gonna be a little different because, you know, Rich is really, really sick. Something's wrong with him. And uh, he can't sing and he can barely stand up. So we're going to hope he does well. But, you know, and Wyndham and I were there together. And uh, Chris, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard that show, but, you know, Chris had to step up because Rich was down and out. And Chris, uh, he was wailing, just wailing at the top of his game, I thought, that night. I've seen the videos and Rich looks terrible. There's actually an interview somewhere around that same time when he was sick and he looks like, you know, death warmed over. It was pretty yeah. bad for him. It's weird. Cause it's, you know, although rich couldn't sing, it's still one of my favorite shows ever because of the fact that Chris knew that and knew that he had to step up and he did some great things that night that, uh, I, I just have ultimate respect for him. Did you have an opportunity to see the brothers of a feather in 06, the original run? Yes. Uh, I saw it twice, twice yeah. in Atlanta. Um, and it was, it was great. I met, uh, Stan Robinson at, at one of those shows and got to talk to him for a little while. Chris and Rich's father, as you know, what a, a huge personality that guy has. You, you wonder where Chris gets it from that dude. So, uh, <laughs> That's cool. yeah, I, I love those shows and, you know, I, I hope one day to get to see them again. Wyndham. Great, great tune. And I'll tell you what I like most about this song. It's got a little bit of a Sunvolt J Farrar sound to it. I don't know uh, if you guys are Sunvolt fans. I hope you are. Have been but, since day one. Yep. Nice. Uh, it's it's just just listening to that song, Giving Key, especially the live version. It's got a little bit of Farrar kick to it on the vocals, especially in the verse. And I was a fan ever since. It sold me. I'll have to check them out because I always kind of went the Jeff Tweedy route. Trace is uh, like one of the best albums of the genre. Yeah, yeah, and, and I was a Tupelo guy um, through high school and college, and then Sunvolt. I picked them up right away, and great, great band, just absolutely phenomenal. Going back to the, the, the giving key real quick. I mean that that record, you know, Rich produced it himself basically, and I, you know, he's clearly learned a lot. He's gotten better at producing. Uh, he's clearly a better singer than he was, you know, on those first few albums. His vocals have dramatically improved, and then to add. You know, Amy Helm on on the background vocals. That, that was a it was a winning combination. I think it's a great choice. And towards that about his vocals, because uh, Wyndham, you had mentioned the Paper album in 2016 when Rich was reissuing 
his albums on you know eagle records he discovered that the master tapes to paper had been uh irreparably damaged so much so that the vocals no longer existed so he had to re-sing that record so actually the 2016 reissue is recut vocals and they are a lot stronger on that version than on and, and i like the vocals on the original release but they are two different vocal sessions and you can definitely tell the difference how strong much stronger he became later all right the next category this is one i'm, I'm very interested to see what you guys guys have it is best recorded cover by a black crow side project this one's gonna surprise you i think with with our choice uh you know obviously we looked at a lot of the magpie stuff uh from from the first record you, you already talked about fearless you know incredible uh coming home the delaney and bonnie song which i didn't know delaney and bonnie prior to hearing this record so i was i'm so so glad that they introduced me to that and i love that song you know glad and sorry let it bleed there's all kinds of, of really cool covers but for for us I, i've never heard this like on mp3 i don't own a copy of it i just found it uh online it's like the flip side of a seven inch uh the chris robinson brotherhood doing that's how strong my love is by otis redding <laughs> awesome and that was made our list our, our perfect album side of best recorded cover just love it and the fact that it's it's the second time he's had a phenomenal song you know with with otis redding so hard to handle and now that's how strong my love is and uh funny side note uh my beautiful bride and i danced at our first first dance to that song so special place in my heart and i think that they effing nail it the lightning strikes twice with the Otis Ray. Who says you can't go back to the well and still draw fresh water? You know what I mean? Oh, Which wow. is interesting you... because supposedly he didn't want to record hard to handle because he thought uh, Otis Redding's voice was too hard to try to sing. And so here he is getting uh, two of them. He nails it. Nails I know, it. I know. I think, well, and David, it might have been you that said this on one of the previous uh, State of America podcasts. Chris needs to go back and record an R&B record. R&B font in a little bit of uh, reggae. I could not agree more. Chris, if you're listening, it's free advice. <laughs> uh, I mean, his voice on, on, on this particular cover is him at the top of his game. I think it's cool because it's a departure from the normal CRB stuff, you know, just going out and doing an R and B tune like that. 
for me and for Wyndham and I, you know, that's how strong my love is by Otis Redding, redone by the Chris Robinson Brotherhood, made our perfect album side. And, and we debated this for a little bit, but honestly, that that one little side note that Steve shared that he and uh, Heather danced to it as their first dance. Uh, for that's how long my love is. That's how strong my love is. I couldn't compete with that, but that's how long yeah. my love is a completely different song. Wyndham. we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> sorry, later. sorry. That's how strong my love is, but I couldn't compete with that. But I tell you, I really, really was making a hard push for fearless by uh, magpie salute. It's my favorite pink Floyd song. And I really, really love the way magpie does it and just how raw they make it. Um, you know, it's got a little bit of a, of a choir background on the metal album by pink Floyd. But I was making a big push for that. But at the end of the day, I can't compete with how strong Steve and Heather's love really is. So oh my God. I, I backed wow. off. I hope my wife's listening. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, Wyndham. Had you uh, won out on that uh, Talk to me. conversation, that you would have been another overlap. Oh, that that's what I'm talking about, Ian. Yes. <laughs> David and I's pick, the Magpie Salute doing Fearless from their first uh, album. <laughs> Depending on the day of the week, Pink Floyd's either my second or third favorite band of all time. I can get so obsessed with them that that's all I listen to for long periods of time. But Fearless to me is the song that bridges early Pink Floyd to the classic Pink Floyd. Yes. yes. On, me on metal, they started to find their sound. And I think they found it with Fearless and Echo Echoes. The experimentation with Echoes, I think, led to a lot of the sounds on Dark Side of the Moon. Yep. The um, how composite Fearless is, it's a straight ahead song. I think put them in another stratosphere going into the dark side of the moon. The vocals on this version are just awesome. And yeah. I remember the first time I was set list watching on that 05, I think it was the 0506 tour, and mm. Fearless pops up. And I'm like, surely they didn't cover pink floyd this is like fearless by some obscure blues artist <laughs> and i find it and i'm just floored this to me there was not even any internal debate it was this one there was not a 1a or, or 1b it was fearless i'm gonna go on record and say it's as good and possibly better than the pink floyd version hot Whoa. take wow hot take Whoa. Uh, Whoa. That is a bold statement, David, but I'll say this. You know, when I look at a, a cover of a song that I really like, I look at how close that cover is, and then I also look at how far away that cover is. And this one is pretty close, 
but it's just, it's so, as I said earlier, I used the word raw and, and it's more in your face, but I love that record. And I'm so glad you guys said this about uh, fearless being on your perfect album side. I love that record. Uh, One of these days is a great song. Echoes is great. It's great. As you said, if you can make through 25 minutes of music, which is no problem, but I love the version of fearless. That's so cool that you put it on there. Wyndham, I'm such a big Pink Floyd fan. I was in college and I was flying out to Las Vegas to actually go see Roger Waters do that um, in the flesh tour. Yep. And me and my friends were so obsessed with Pink Floyd at that time. We timed the flight by how many times we could listen to echoes on our headphones. <laughs> so like from Jackson to Denver was like, I don't know, two hours or whatever. And we were like, uh, that's like six echoes and we'll, uh, <laughs> and we'll be there. And then from Denver to Vegas was like two and a half echoes. And uh, I mean, it's just, I, I feel like people that are really into Pink Floyd, it's a huge bonding experience. It's like, you just want to give them a hug. So we'll give each other yeah. a virtual hug, but obviously the band Rich and Mark and them were fans of that era. Uh, the stuff before that for me by Pink Floyd is, it's just so disjointed. And I feel like they were searching for an identity, but like I said, they come together on this one and the Crows and the Magpie picked a gym to cover. David Ian isn't wasn't oh, what was the name of that band? Uh, Mark Ford and some of the guys from Government Blue, Mule? Blue, Floyd. Blue Floyd. Floyd. Yeah, were they, were they just straight up a Pink Floyd cover band? It was what it was is uh, essentially Pink Floyd covers, but they kind of did like uh, added blues elements to them. So the their cover of Fearless, which I actually was going to mention too, like Mark opens that with a really drawn out solo slide section that then gives way to the fearless too. And that's, I mean, that's a really cool version of it too, to be honest. Well, we'll have to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and concede. We'll go with your pick on this for the, oh. the perfect album site, because it's you, you and your wife, that. you and your, you and your wife dance to it. Oh, yes. Yes. I, true. Look, true. I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate your efforts, but the three against one fearless is the better choice. I, I I'll, I'll concede. <laughs> I love you, honey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> done enough podcasts with steve i knew that part was coming (laughs) occasionally she listens and yeah yeah now this next category uh i kind of came up with this one um originally it was going to be just best uh overall guitar solo but then i realized you can't really have that without picking something by mark ford so sorry mark but we decided to take you out of the mix on this one and this is the best non-mark ford solo on any solo project uh song what did you guys go with this was the hardest category to me uh it's so subjective uh it's just you know what do you like and you know we've got some some great players with with rich and and neil casal and who else uh with with all the different bands um this was the hardest one for me but I, i started looking at Chris Robinson Brotherhood, and I wanted to include Neil Casal on ours. Uh, may he rest in peace. Rosalie.
outro, basically from about 7.45 on, he's doing a guitar solo that to me and Wyndham, we listened to it a few times and we're like, it's almost like he's paying tribute to the Almond Brothers band. It's Jessica. You know, for several bars, it's very, very similar to Jessica. And I can hear a whole lot of Dwayne, Dwayne Allman in his playing there. For that reason, that was the song that we chose or the guitar solo that we chose. Like I said, there's so many great guitar solos across all of the different side projects. But it just when I heard that and really started paying attention to it, I was like, I don't know if it's intentional or not. But that sounds a whole lot like Jessica. And if it if it is intentional, my hat's off to you, Neil. Yeah, it's it's a really great tune. You know, all nine minutes is a really excellent tune, but Steve's exactly right. Those that last minute and a half of that solo, that outro solo is awesome. It definitely has some baby B in there, definitely some Jessica. I love my favorite part of the solo. I know that's what we're talking about. My favorite part is the intro where the organ and the pick guitar are playing side by side. There's a little wah wah pedal in there, but all nine minutes for me is excellent. But I really like those last 90 seconds that Steve's talking about. And and again, yeah, um, Dickie Betts. Uh, which all that thought we may mention that name again, but uh, really it's got that Betts guitar sound to it, that blue sky guitar sound to it as well as Jessica. So that was our selection. And that song just kicks ass. (laughs) It's, it's one of the few times in the Chris Robinson brotherhood, he really turns loose and and shows off. Most of the time his solos are kind of layered and he's just kind of like painting on a tapestry or whatever. Um, I, I'm agree with you. The intro to this song is amazing. He said, honestly, it sounds like something that Ed Harsh would play. That's um, what I was saying. And, and, it, yes. and, it, and, it, and it does not sound like Adam McDougal on that, but I love Rosalie. It's probably my number one or number two favorite CRB song. It's just got such a cool, it's like a summertime vibe. It's like something you listen to when you're, if you're on your back porch, having a beer, yes. you know, as the sun, as the sun goes down, I almost went with the solo on star or stone from the CRB because I think it's just mesmerizing. But uh, I remember one of the interviews with him, it was somebody that was in the band said the whole time he was in the band, he kept thinking, Neil, when are you just going to rip one? And he never really did except for this one. Apparently he was a big metal head and was into a lot of heavy metal and stuff like that. But his playing was always so restrained, but this is one of the few times, especially on a recorded version that he just tears it up. Yeah, it is very, I mean, a lot of his guitar playing is, is very spacey and, and, you know, it, it's, it, I can't think of a better word than filler, but that's, that's the best word I can think of, but you're right. This song, he, he goes off and it's, it's pretty cool. Neil Casal is one of those very underrated guitar players that there's a lot of, a lot more depth to his playing than a lot of people realize his stuff. And, and David was a big fan of, of it to start with and kind of got me into it, but his work with, uh, Ryan Adams and the Cardinals. I mean, yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. Well. I saw the last show he did with them at the Fox in Atlanta. It's one of the best concert experiences of my life with uh, he, Ryan Adams and the Cardinals. I stood right in front of him and he's such a, was such a humble person. You know, like we said, if he wanted to, he could have just shredded every time he did, but he always respected the song, which I thought is really, really cool. Uh, this is a phenomenal pick by you guys. I had it on several parts of uh, potentially several topics um, on this podcast when we were trying to pick out songs. So kudos for that one. All right, David, you want to reveal what our pick was? Our best non-Mark Ford solo on a Black Crow's side project is Sunday Sound off the first Chris Robinson album. Well, it's hard enough just staying friendly. 
feeling out of nothing just ain't passing time. No. New Mexico love song, warm your feathers in the sun. Your California traffic I said, well, it just ain't no fun But just like water on the ground Solo done by Paul Stacey, a very underrated guitar player Obviously filled in uh, in the Black Crows um, After Mark left after the summer 2006 tour He, he uh, Paul Stacey took care of the rest of 06 and played with them through 07 as well. Very underrated guitar player. His stuff with the New Earth Mud, which was Chris Robinson's first solo project, was unbelievable. I mean, I had the pleasure of seeing them live on their very first tour when they came through New York. And his playing is is very underrated. I think he got an unfair shake when he stepped into the lead guitar role in the Black Crows and his solo on Sunday Sound really really fits the song perfectly and i couldn't think of i I was hard pressed to find another solo in any of the other projects that really was nailed the spot in the song that it was in it's interesting that you chose sunday sound to me because we were going for non-mark ford solo songs which it is but mark ford gets half the writing credit for that song it is true he He wrote the bridge he wrote the bridge yeah yeah so that that's a, that's a really interesting choice, you know. In all honesty, the, the the first New Earth Mud record, I it sits on my shelf and it rarely ever ever gets pulled out. It's not my favorite record, so like when you said Sunday Sound, I was like oh, I'm having to go back and think about it in my mind to get to the guitar solo. Um, it's just not my favorite record. Uh, I love Chris Robinson, I love his voice. I'm not crazy about that album. I'm not saying you're wrong, Ian. Of course, okay. I'm sure it's a phenomenal guitar solo. On this podcast, I am used to being told I'm wrong, so it's okay, man. (laughs) I think the two of you might need some counseling sessions, I'll be honest. (laughs) Here's the thing about that first album. There's a couple, Safe in the Arms of Love, I like. I like Silver Car, and I like this song. The rest of it, eh, not so much, but this this fits in nicely with what I said. This is a sitting on your back porch on a summer night having a cold one as as the sun goes down. Um, it's one of my favorite songs, honestly, of any of the side projects. And it's, this is one you could see fitting in maybe on, um, before the frost. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if they, if they decided to put that on there, but, uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was more of a, yeah, this was more of an Ian pick. Like I said, I probably would have gone with star stone and just because I love just the tapestry that he, that he paints with it, but two good picks so far. Yeah, uh, I I keep thinking I do. I still think it's funny that you picked the song that was written by Mark Ford. That seems like that seems <laughs> well, like cheating. You didn't play the solo. I'll be honest. I know, I know, but it just it seems it seems like cheating to me. You know, it didn't occur to me until actually we were sitting here discussing it, and I just it just popped into my head that he was a co-writer on that song. You're right. I I will say though that his bridge addition to that really does make the song that much better. So it's a good tune. Yeah, it is. So that brings us to the final category one another one that i'm also very interested in hearing your guys take on because i feel that the 
closing track of any album is or any side of an album is just as important as the opening track so that's where we get the best closing song what did you guys go with this was one that we literally and we even talked about that we this was going to happen to us steve and i debated this literally up until the 11th hour going into this podcast and you know we talked about two songs really what it came down to we looked at 100 days which no we looked at sweet sweet lullaby ended up being a no but at the end of the day we we came down to between see a love off this magnificent distance with from uh chris robinson but we also ended up with choosing let it bleed off of betty's midwestern magic blend really really cool stone song we've already made the stones connection when we talked about best opening song with hell or high water which to me you know we keep talking about what album these songs could be on to me hell or high water could be on exile on main street by the rolling stones without missing a beat but because of that we ended up landing on let it bleed and i thought it was a great version it's a little more slowed down Mm -hmm. but i think chris robinson sings jagger really really well um, and gets into those upticks in the verses. And at the end of the day, we had to make that choice. It was tough. Like I said, we literally debated this between Let It Bleed and See a Love up until the final hour. But at the end of the day, almost by coin toss, we ended up with Let It Bleed. It was an arm wrestling session, which is normally how we determine uh, who wins. And Feats Wyndham, of strength. Wyndham is much, much stronger than me. So he, he certainly wins most of the time. Uh, David and I usually do uh, rock paper scissors. You know what I mean. So. That's a, that's a, see that's a much more <laughs> that's a much more fair way of doing it. When we're going to stop wrestling and go with uh, rock paper scissors. Here, here's here's the thing about that version. They make it their own. Yep. I've I've criticized Adam McDougal in the Black Crows. I've I'm not going to shy away from that, but he fits in nicely with the CRB, and he contributes to their sound. He's a big part of their sound. And I like his work on this. And obviously, Neil Casal's favorite band. Yep. So you, you got to think this was a special song for him. And so um, I love it. 
I, I considered it. The only reason I didn't go with it and you guys didn't break the rules was I was looking more at like a studio version, but we did not set those boundaries. So what you did was perfectly fine. I love it. I love the pick. Well, that's, that's, that's the asterisk we put on it to be fair. Uh, see a love obviously is that studio recording, but when we were talking about this back and forth, Steve and I both said, now, wait a minute. We know that this is a live, a live recording. We know this is a cover song. It's not an original, which oftentimes is a line of delineation for the songs that we pick for the perfect album side, uh, on our podcast. But at the end of the day, I wasn't going to back down from the stones. Steve and I just saw the stones in Atlanta about a month or two ago. And, uh, I guess I'm still hanging on to the euphoria of that show. Let it bleed made our perfect album side. Very cool. Well, David, since, uh, although I wholeheartedly hundred percent agree, our pick was initially your, your first choice. So why don't you reveal what, uh, what we picked for the best closer off the set? Oh, I guess it was off technically the first new earth mud album, Chris Robinson's second solo album, sea of love. Oh no. It is a uh, straight up rocker. That, Steve is uh, going to be so mad at me. I am about <laughs> to go through the roof, man. <laughs> That's two very close, almost yeah. overlaps. Here's, here's 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 one of the things um, I think is great about that. Obviously, the first solo album, I think he was completely trying to distance himself from anything remotely traditional rock and roll. And with the New Earth Mud album, he gets a little more into that with you know Forty Days and Peace of Wind and, and Sea of Love. But man, this is a this is a raucous song, and um, it was interesting to hear him sing a song like that that Rich is not playing the guitar on. But I thought it was uh, the best album closer of any studio album. I think Ian, this may have been like a uh, unanimous pick, wasn't it, or close to it? It was. As soon as you kind of threw it out there, I immediately said that's the one because uh, I remember at the time that this record came out, how excited I was. They. I saw them in New Orleans because they did a run opening for Government Mule. And on that run opening for Government Mule, they played a lot of the material that would eventually come out on the uh, This Magnificent Distance album. And Sea of Love was one they played quite a bit. And it made me very excited for the record. I've always loved the song. And I think it's such a great closer. Wyndham, what you're feeling right now is exactly what I felt during the fearless conversation from a few minutes ago when everybody ganged up on me. The answer is Sea of Love. Absolutely. What a phenomenal song. <laughs> you, how do you exit a Zoom call? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I stand this, by I, what I said. 
I, I feel for you, and I, you know, I also stood by what I said. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Sea of Love is a, a phenomenal song, a great album closer. And, you know, we haven't really talked about This Magnificent Distance as an album as a whole. You know, I was mentioning earlier, New Earth Mud, the first one's not really my favorite. I go the complete opposite direction with This Magnificent Distance. It gets so many spins for me. I listen to it all the time still. I love this record. I really wish they could have revisited this band maybe after 06 and, and put it back together. I thought they were really starting to get their legs under them those those bootlegs were awesome and he had the hallucination nation message board uh back in those days but yeah i think i may have i may have talked about this on our podcast but there's a song on there called the never empty table yes that if i'm doing this thing solo it's going to be my favorite non black crows song that's a from the side project that's that album literally got to my house via ups on at the time what was the worst day of my life Ooh. and i put that song in and there was something about that song that just resonated with me and if you were to ask me like what are the 10 most important songs to me of my life that one that one is in it and uh so for that reason i'm always going to have a you know soft spot for that album but uh yeah i really wish this band could have stuck around longer and kind of been something that he went back to whenever the crows weren't doing anything yeah, I would I would love to to one day see some of these songs from this magnificent distance performed live again. I I, I really do think this is a, a stellar record from start to finish, and it's just it you know doesn't get a lot of doesn't get a lot of plays for for a lot of people. But uh, if you haven't heard it, give it a spin. It's phenomenal. The thing about this magnificent distance that was a little disappointing for me not the record but the the tour that followed it. Uh, the Stacy brothers didn't participate in the tour and I would have liked to have seen them do that material live. Yeah, that would have been cool. I think we saw Paul Stacy with the crows, uh, Wyndham. I think that he was playing on that truth and salvage show at, at, uh, in Atlanta at Chastain. Yeah. He was, he was with the band at that time when truth and salvage opened. I believe I could have my Chastain dates mixed up, but, uh, yeah, he's a phenomenal player. Um, the, the brothers, Stacy, fantastic. All right, Ian. Now we've got to put together the perfect album side of Black Crow's side projects. Obviously, obviously the opening song is Hell or High Water. Yes, that was our, our only overlap. And uh, right out of the gate, very surprising. And I'm glad we, we mutually picked that one because I think that's a perfect opener. All right, guys, sell us on track two. Well, I mean, we went with omission. You guys went with a giving key, but the giving key was... was we were our, born to be was, blue. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm born sorry. To be blue. My, my apologies. Uh, we went with omission, but we talked about the giving key. That's right. Gosh, I could I could really go either way on that one. I, I do think Born to be Blue with, with her vocals and that one being fairly different from anything else on the record, I, I would concede to Born to be Blue. Oh, omission's awesome, but I would concede to Born to be Blue. Yeah, I'd like to see Trigger Hippie represented on the uh, Perfect Album mm-hmm. side because they're such a good band. All right. Song number three should have been a Crow song. Man, you guys gave me a whole lot to think about <laughs> with uh, Send Me an Omen and uh, The Giving Key. I'm honestly going to throw my hat into the ring with uh, Send Me an Omen. I am as well. I feel it's a very irreverent pick, but it works perfectly. It's It has to be on there. I'm going with you guys. Irreverent. Wow. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're irreverent people. I've always said that. All right. <laughs> Best recorded cover 
Sorry, Steve. Sorry, Boy, this you. is going to get dirty. Goodness. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, clearly Fearless is a, it, it. that's the choice. That's the one. Uh, you know, I was going, that's how strong my love is for personal reasons and because of Chris's voice, but Fearless, that's, I agree. Yes, I would have to say Fearless. All right, now here's where we're probably going to have to butt heads a little bit. Best non-Mark Ford solo, Rosalie versus Sunday Sound. I'm going to let you guys speak, and then I'm going to give my vote. I wanted to, I wanted to see Neil represented on our perfect album side. That's my only argument. Yeah, and my only argument to it is Sunday Sound is great, but my only argument for Rosalie is I like the complete body of work in that song. It's a nine-minute song. It's excellent. I like the organ and the wah pedal that opens up the song, but uh, the solo is excellent too. But like I said, Sunday Sound is is phenomenal. So. And once again, you cheated with the Mark Ford, you know, writing the song. So that's, you know, that's further argument Hello. for us. I mean, Steve, straight I've heard you. Okay. <laughs> a, a flag has been thrown on the play. So, boy, I tell you, well, he's not, not the best in the business for nothing, folks. Well, it's rare that you will be a guest on somebody else's podcast and then call them a cheater. So I'll show myself out. <laughs> right. No, it's a, but uh, it does, uh, it does, you know, make it a little more difficult to say what I was going to say, which is that I really uh, admired your reasons for picking rosalie and i was going to go with you on that one because i really feel that neil should be represented and that's a beautiful thing but since i'm a giant cheater steve you know <laughs> you're, you're, it, a, you're a you're a better man than i I, I have great respect for you for you me it's, for me it's got to be rosalie yeah uh, it, it was you know it was in the running for me for favorite song so i would like to see that represented and like you said i would really like to see Neil Casal gets some credit here because he really added a lot to that band. I mean, let's be honest. He, you know, he obviously Chris's name's on the marquee. A lot of people went to see Neil. Nothing against Chris. It's you know, yeah. it's just playing because he had he had developed such a following that those Ryan Adams in the car. I'm telling you guys, go listen to the stu- go listen to the nine uh, Neil albums and then go listen to those songs played live with him. And it's just just absolutely phenomenal. Con- as tragic as can be as to what happened with him. Also, I just it just struck me. There's there's a, a band that was completely we didn't none of us even com- considered the Greenleaf Rustlers, mm. the Chris Robinson Cosmo Country Band. They do a great version of Mandolin Wind, but you know they just put that one album out during the pandemic. All right, best closer. I kind of got a feeling how this one's going to go. Is is it going to be Sea of Love? I don't see how it could not be Sea of Love. I guess I need to concede because I was part of the Fearless contingency. <laughs> on best recorded cover so I, I you know i can't be all take 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 i will concede best closing song let it bleed from becky's midwestern magic blend is phenomenal but i will concede see a love off this magnificent distance well that is that's very big of you Wyndham, and i do appreciate that <laughs> yes wow. i do i do enjoy your pick very much though that's a i was out of left field and i like it well, I'm, I'm out of left field regularly, but in this case, I cannot compete with Sea of Love. It's phenomenal. It's different. It's hard. It's raw. I like it. So I won't put up a fight. As you know, on the Perfect Album Side podcast, at this point in time, I would turn on my radio voice and go, the Perfect Album Side of Black Crow Side Projects goes something like this. Ian, I'll let you take over. All right. So we have our favorite opening song was Mark Ford's Hell or High Water. Favorite song was Trigger Hippies Born to be Blue. Should have been a Black Crow song is the Magpie Salute doing Send Me an Omen. Best recorded cover was the Magpie Salute doing Fearless. 
best non-Mark Ford solo was the Chris Robinson Brotherhood and Neil Casal doing Rosalie. And finally, best closing song, Chris Robinson and the New Earth Mud doing Sea of Love. And that is your perfect album size. That is wow. awesome. And that so, gen- is really gentlemen, I, I do do appreciate uh, you guys lending us copier format for this, but uh, I would uh, Hop away. very much <laughs> like to encourage everybody to listen to the Perfect Album Side podcast. I love it. It has quickly become uh, my favorite podcast, partially because I every topic you guys have come up with so far, I find myself very interested in. It's one of the few podcasts I actually talk back to the uh, radio while i'm listening to it and it also doesn't feature my voice so i don't have to listen to myself you know what i mean so (laughs) well we are you know as we've said before we are huge fans of the state of amorica and appreciate what you guys do and for spreading uh you know the knowledge of of our favorite band around the world so good stuff guys and thanks for having us guys means a lot and uh you know how much we think of your your podcast and your knowledge of music we're very impressed as always but thank you for having us Hey, one real quick thing before we go. Uh, mm-hmm. Rich Robinson solo did not make the cut anywhere. Um, uh, give, giving, Mac yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, on the final, the final thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, now I feel guilty. Yeah, sorry, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before before we go, obviously you guys get to pick. We're, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do something on the fly, Ian. You know, I told you guys be thinking about a playout song. And then also I want you because we need to we need to give some props to Luther Dickinson. Give us a North Mississippi All-Star song to play out as well. I'll take the North Mississippi All-Star question. You know, we looked at Rolling and Tumbling. We looked at uh, Meet Me in the City, which is uh, both two great songs after the World Boogie is coming album. But I went with their most recent album and I picked a tune called Mean Old World. And I'll tell you why I picked it. It's got Dwayne Betts, son of Dickie Betts. As the lead singer, it's also got guitar from Jason Isbell. And if you listen to this song, boy, I tell you, you really think Dickie Betts singing lead. It's actually astonishing how much Dwayne Betts. And by the way, Dwayne Betts is named after Dwayne Allman. It's amazing how much Dwayne Betts sounds like his dad. But Mean Old World by the Mississippi All-Stars gets our bonus track on the State of Morgan podcast. And as far as the... Black Crow side project bands to play us out. Born to be blue, of course. All right. So we're going to do Born to be Blue by Trigger Hippie. And I, you know, I'm going to do something a little revenue. I'm going to add a third song to this. Oh boy. Because Wyndham was such a good sport about that closing track. I guess (laughs) I'm going to go throw that um, CRB cover of uh, Let It Bleed at the very end there, just for your Wyndham. Victory. Wow, but I guess that's how strong my love is. Gets nothing. Okay, fine. That's fine. Oh. Just <laughs> well, I mean, we you know we can't have this many songs at the end here. You know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen. Honestly, a, a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And we will see you next time, everybody. Stay tall, everyone.
Well, that's 